Hello, my fellow Doris. It is Saturday. It's actually 6.52 p.m. Arabic Standard Time, or you could say Dubai time. Uh, my name is Fola Shade Baretito, and this is my Saturday soliloquy for the Folador. Um, I thought about the people, and I've been grateful for the people who have subscribed to my website and my blog so far at www.thefolador.com slash blog. Um, I've appreciated the support of me sharing my gifts and um, pretty much cheering me on as far as me taking on a lot of my creative endeavors as of late. And the term Saturday soliloquy actually came to mind um, early this morning for me. Uh, I actually had a dream not too long ago where I noticed that word soliloquy, S-O-L-I-L-O-Q-U-Y, kept popping up in the dream. And I didn't even think I understood what the term meant until I woke up and journaled about it. Uh, the definition, the official definition for the term soliloquy is a noun, an act of speaking one's thoughts aloud when by oneself or regardless of any hearers, especially by a character in a play. So another term for soliloquy is a, mono a monologue or speech or a lecture narration or a sermon and um, I feel like I do my best work when I write because that comes supernatural but a lot of times when I'm feeling inspired or I feel like I'm channeling some really positive energy I also do pretty well with speaking power and peace into people so um the first Saturday soliloquy I'm going to focus on this is really like me speaking to myself is the the power of the written word or basically how writing out your desires and your wishes manifests, brings about manifestations and things actually happening in your physical life in real time. Um, I think Erica Badu made a quote about this like a long time ago. People have asked her in many interviews that she's done about how was she able to do all these things that she's doing now. I, I, Erica Badu is like one of the multi-potentialites that I actually look up to. Um, I know she's not perfect. I don't even agree with everything that she believes in, but I respect that she has honed one of her biggest crafts, which is her voice, but she also puts a lot of power and energy into other activities and they don't even tend to conflict with each other. They actually, I think, supplement or strengthen each other. For example, she's been considered as an expert in holistic practices she's encouraged people into veganism even though I don't think she's always vegan um, she's definitely uh, become a dependable doula for a lot of uh, expecting mothers uh, she's an actress she's written down many things she's even rapped DJ'd like I've been to maybe four or five of her shows so I'm clearly a fan but it's just amazing all the different hats she literally wears. You know she loves the funky hats. But all the different hats she wears, even during her performance. She'll sing. She'll literally do the, the beatbox on stage. She'll literally work with the beatmaster on stage. She'll rap. She'll do spoken words. She just lets herself flow. And I try to use that as an example for my life to just let myself flow. Um, when I was younger, not too long ago, to be honest, 
I used to struggle with trying to fit myself into a box to to fit my gifts in one box. And I literally beat myself up and drug myself down into depression because I was like so focused on me finding the one passion or the one thing I should be doing for the rest of my life. And I'm very thankful and grateful that I had the epiphany maybe within the past year that that's not necessarily meant for me. It's probably not meant for most people in this world. Um, your passion is multifaceted. Um, you don't necessarily have to stick to one mission, one sole purpose, or one sole career. Let's even get to the fact that your career should not define you as a person. Your career is just one of the many aspects of you. The one who created you has created you to be a very multifaceted, multi-layered being. So you restricting yourself to one passion, to one purpose that you think of, or to one career, one job, or one place, or one thing, or one person. It's almost like the slap. It's a slap in the face of the one who created created you. The one who created you, I feel, the one who created me, I can only speak for myself, has created me to do exceedingly and abundantly, like it says in the, Bi- the Bible, you know, above all things I could imagine. Um, and if you feel like multiple passions have been put in your heart that you feel contradict each other or have nothing to do with each other, just ask your creator, ask God, the most high, whomever you want to call that energy, ask the creator to give you the willpower, the strength, the consistency, the fortitude to seize that ideal and follow it wherever it may lead you. So just do what you can without overextending yourself. Do all those things. If you like to play basketball, if you like to write, if you're into t-shirt design, if you're into traveling and you also like to stay at home, if you like to video game, if you like to cook, like do all those things. Just be great in all that you do. And then, you know, normally because of the time and the season, this how the stars align, One of those things will pop off and flourish more than the others, but that doesn't even mean that you should drop everything and put all your eggs in one basket. Just continue to cultivate the gifts that you were born to do. Um, I, right now, I'm a career counselor. My passion is for people to find their their passions and to find their gifts because I know how important it is to actually do what you love or do what you're good at or do what you would be appreciated um, with. Because we spend most of our time at our job. That's what we do. That's the way society is set up. We have to work. Um, Even if you're working for yourself, you're spending a a big amount of your time each day working. And I think it's important that whatever you do, whatever your job is, whatever your work is, whatever your business is, whatever your passion project is, you should be enjoying it. Um, It should bring about happiness and joy, not just for yourself or for others. So I am passionate about bringing students and adults alike to just come to a sense of self-awareness, uh, self-acceptance, encouraging oneself to be who they've always been, grow in the, the areas they feel they need to grow in, and just try to make sure to design a life that has you doing what is joyful most of the day. Um, whether things go right or wrong, because I don't think joy is dependent on what happens. Happiness is dependent on what happens. Joy, I think, is just the energy we can all tap into. It's just the joy of being. Like today I was cooking um, Nigerian souffle, Nigerian egg breakfast. And I just have been trying to 
incorporates being present in my daily activities. And it's given me a high that is really hard for me to explain. Just just kind of settling my mind and just focusing on things like, wow, this egg smells good. Like, whoa, let me focus on my breath. Wow, I'm happy that I can even do this cooking right now. Clasping my hands together and saying, wow, I'm just glad I can, can feel my hands right now. I can feel my energy. Um, those very things, just very little things I've been trying to do to just to remain present and not be so trapped in my head or so focused on what to do next or what I'm not doing or being so full of anxiety um, to where I'll keep thinking about what could or couldn't go wrong. Um, just focusing on what's being present has really helped me in the past couple of days, really in the past year. Um, and I encourage you guys to try to utilize that exercise each day. Just be present in everything you do. When you're taking a shower, when you're washing your face, just focus on, wow, I'm washing my face, brushing your teeth. Just keep your brain on the fact you're brushing your teeth. Don't think on everything else. Um, when you're listening to music and you're driving, just think about, look at me, I'm enjoying this music while I'm driving. Just try to focus on one thing at a time, even though as women, I know especially for working mothers, it's hard to try to like not multitask your brain because the responsibilities we have, especially as women, is are, are a multitude of tasks. But trying to be present during each task, I think, would alleviate a lot of the anxiety we deal with um, while we try to step into our cape and our superwoman suit each day. Yeah. My Saturday soliloquy. Soliloquy, I think I said it right. Uh, but let's go back to what I stated about writing things down, manifestation. Um, I could really speak for myself about, because I journal a lot. And it's really helped in my life, especially in the past year, to reflect on what I've written down. And it makes me... It just gives me a sense of shock. Even when I look back at my vision boards and my past journal entries about, man, I used to write about this and this is happening now. Um, I encourage those of you to, if you don't journal, please journal. And you don't have to expect yourself to be a Maya Angelou, write poems or be a, a Toni Morrison and write an awesome sci-fi novel. Just write. And I, I don't necessarily, when I journal... I don't necessarily focus on what I did that day or, or always focus on what I want to be or what I should be doing or planning things out. Um, the part of journaling that's therapeutic to me is just kind of trying to write down and express myself as far as my feelings or my thoughts at the current moment. Um, and I, I really do think it's important to journal and share with people my journaling techniques because I didn't journaling comes very natural to me. I feel like Writing is a natural gift for me. It's something I've never had to try to do. I can just naturally do it as long as I'm not like in a too much of a stressful environment. And I think everyone has a, a gift of that capacity. It's something that can do they can do very naturally without too much training or anything like that. But yeah, I, my coworker is also a counselor, social counselor. She just asked me because she would always see me just kind of pop out a notebook and journal all the time. And she asked me, like, what compels you to journal? Like, how do you do it? And then I thought about it. At first, I was like, why is she asking me all these questions? And then I realized journaling doesn't come easy to everybody. Um, writing down things and expectation of them being manifested is not even a thought for most people. So I told her when I journal, I, I journaled 
to track my emotions, to track track how I feel about something. Um, especially for someone who has experienced depression or experienced like, you know, huge variations in mood. Um, I was told by a therapist a long time ago to track your moods, just track your moods and trust your triggers. And it's those two things actually help you be more productive and manifest more positive things in your life when you're able to figure out, okay, this mood is kind of off of nothing or this feeling I know will pass soon or, oh, this triggered me based on something that happened to me long ago. I don't need to hold it dear to heart. I think it just leads to a healthy emotional environment, the healthy emotional body. We always talk about, you know, keep being physically fit and we always think about and talk about mental health nowadays, but I don't know if a lot of us always consider emotional health being its own category, its own body, um, especially, I won't say especially for women, men and women, um, if anything, especially men, because men are trained in many societies not to even pay attention to or just completely suppress their emotional body from when they're younger. That's a whole other conversation or a whole other Saturday soliloquy to, uh, to get on. So, yeah, um, I just journal when I have to just like when I'm really super excited or when I'm super happy or when I'm super sad, I just write it down. I'm kind of aching to the book of Psalms. Um, for those of you who may be a bit familiar with the Bible, the book of Psalms was written by the King David. And um, he was not only known as a big warrior, the person who took Goliath down, the person who took uh, Saul's kingship he's also was known as a really awesome poet and I remember when I was younger reading the book of Psalms I felt like part of the book of Psalms wasn't biblical because a lot of times David would address his haters like and how he wanted to slay them and he just really wasn't with giving the haters any type of space or any type of play um, but as I got older I actually started to appreciate the book of Psalms more I actually appreciated the variation in emotion in the Psalms, because it, it showed us that David was indeed human. He shared human experiences um, very vividly writing how he felt like his moments of heights of of spiritual manifestation and his lows, deep down, dark lows of depression. He shared this in this, this book of Psalms and it showed me that David, although a hero in many aspects, he was a wounded hero to an extent and he was a human. He his his emotions varied and he was still deemed useful by God in the Bible. And I, I try to apply that same thing to myself. We journal these things so we can show ourselves we're human. We're not robots, but still look where we're at now. Look at the fact that we are doing what we're doing, things we never considered we'd be doing presently. And this happened in spite of our huge up and downs in emotions. Um and you can still be useful and still live out your, your many purposes in this life, regardless of, of how your emotions sways that day. So um, I try to kind of keep that mon- that concept when I journal. Just scribble your emotions, make sure to reflect on what you write. And, you know, Erica Badu said it in her one of her famous quotes where she says writing is like spelling. Um the quote that I was actually looking for that is I feel is super serious. It's even in the book of the of Habakkuk. H-A-B-A-K-K-U-K. I think that's how you spell it. In the Bible, the book called Habakkuk 2-2. Two, two. 
where it says to write your vision and make it plain. Um, Erica Badu in her quote, she says, write it down on real paper with a real pencil and watch shit get real. Even I like to write things down in pen. It's kind of tags onto my faith of how it's going to happen. We don't write a list of wishes. We don't write a list of hopes. We write a list of wills, a list of I will manifest. I am um, affirmations goals aspirations that's what we write down we don't write the hopes and wishes because when you when you make it a hope or a wish it's like you're kind of giving too much space of this may not happen so you got to write it you know speak those things and write those things as though they were that's in the bible too somewhere also another quote from erica badu peace and blessings manifest with every lesson learned if your knowledge were your wealth then it would be well earned so, yeah, guys, I encourage you. I've also been uh, reading Think and Grow Rich, which I always start the book and then I just fall off because that's just how my attention span works. My attention span is more suited for articles and quick notes nowadays as opposed to full books and novels. But um, Napoleon Hill, he, he had a point. I feel like he's almost like the precursor to the book, The Secret, actually. Uh, a lot of common things about the law of manifestation, but I don't want to ruin the book for you if you've never read it. But um, and part of the book, the early part of the book, it talks about desire and it talks about and uh, a practice that we all should do when you have goals. I don't think this necessarily just has to apply to money, any goal, spiritual, physical, emotional. Um, write it down. Be very specific about your goals and say those goals aloud. First thing when you wake up and last thing before you go to bed, speak it aloud when say it with your chest say it with faith say it with courage say it like you know it's gonna happen i I think maybe perhaps but like you know it's gonna happen um so yeah my saturday soliloquy even though i feel i kind of talked in circles um i think the circles connect uh the take-home message i would get from my saturday soliloquy is just to write your vision and make it plain uh, tag it on your forehead, tag it on the bathroom mirror, tag it in your car, in spaces where you know you'll be present to take in the message. Say that message when you wake up. Say that message when you lie down. Even if your goal is to feel more self-love, you write, I am love. I accept love from others. I accept love from myself. You say those three or four things when you first wake up and when you f- go to sleep and you say with your chest and you say with full confidence then you'll notice how love manifests more so in your life if you want to start a business if you want to change careers if you're praying for the next job or the next promotion write it down like you mean it and say it like you mean it twice a day when you first wake up and when you go to sleep reflect on your reflections and reflect on the reflections of what you originally wrote and see how things come to pass and how they manifest it'll amaze you so i encourage you to do that to to continue that practice for the following week i wish you the best in this upcoming week i know that you will have many small wins to come to pass this week and i'm trying not to go over with the saturday soliloquy over 20 minutes anyway so I pray that you will continue to be positive conduits of universal energy used to do good and righteous things. And I hope you keep your vibrations and your frequencies up. Um, If you haven't already, please subscribe to my website. 
in my blog on www.thefullador.com and I'll continue to send these soliloquies each and every Saturday. Y'all be blessed and take it easy.